good to see you. <laughs> We're looking at a camera. <laughs> Welcome to Christ Community. We are so glad you are here today. My name is Jenny. And I'm Tony. And uh, you know what? Here at Christ Community, we are all about community. I see what you did Did you see that? I saw that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so we want to try our best amidst the cold COVID season to help people unite yes. uh, and have community. Um, so if you are finding that you would love to, to have a group of people in your life that you can share prayer requests with, just like hear about what's, so you don't feel so isolated on an yes. island, um, go to our website. There is a link on there that you can click to um, put your information into and you uh, can be in, entered and added into a group. You can have a group of people and new groups are forming too. New groups are forming, so it's great meeting virtually, yeah. which has actually been kind of fun. We miss each other, but it's it's some kind of connection. It's better than nothing. It's better you than nothing. You know what nothing. I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and it helps. Like, you, you actually get to connect with people. So. Yes. Hey, also, we have another live prayer event um, that's going to be happening on this Sunday, uh, the 17th, at 6.30 p.m., and Alan's going to be leading that time, uh, really focusing on praying for our local economy. So please join us. It's a lot of fun. I love all the comments and the connection that we're having in live time. So um, be sure to do that at 6.30 tonight on Facebook Live. At the end of the service today, there's going to be a couple of opportunities to respond, a couple different ways. Um, you might feel compelled to um, share a prayer request. So the number that's here on the screen, um, you can text your prayer to that number and know that, uh, the, that our prayer team is receiving that and that they're praying for you. Yes, and another way um, that you can respond at the end of the service today is through giving. Uh, we've made it very simple. Um, you can click the link in this video. Um, also, we have a text to give option and you can always uh, mail in a gift here to the church. Um, we so appreciate your guys' generosity and partnering with us, especially through this time. So, thanks. Do us a little favor, hit like, share if you wanna this video. Um, you can, if you're watching on YouTube, you can click the little bell to get alerts of when we put new stuff out there. Um, that kind of, um, I think, will help you to be alerted when you know the next broadcast is happening yes. and this sort of thing. So um, thank you again for joining us. We hope that you enjoy the service. Well, hi, everyone. Um, we're so glad that you decided to join us um, for the service, and we're so excited to worship with you. Uh, so wherever you are, and Whatever your week's been like or your day's been like, just invite you to rest now in this moment and to worship the King with us together. Deliverance, 
Hey everybody, um, so I think to begin I'm going to talk about the idea of chaos. And in any form of chaos, order is begging to happen. And er, very early on in this whole process of being at home, I came to this conclusion that I was just eating so much food. and it was really bad. I mean, like being forced to be at home and there isn't a whole lot to do except eat. And I came to the spot that I'm like, okay, this is a bad idea. Um, that th There needs to be some sort of balance. And I, and I came to the spot of, of, of going, okay, I have to begin to exercise. And beyond that, the whole family needs to exercise because all of us are just sitting around and consuming tons and tons of food. And so, so I pulled out a phone, and I began going through uh, the exercise, uh, the apps and, and the programs. And on the apps, there's like these pictures of like perfect people, but, 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 but like beyond perfect people. Like those sorts of people do not exist. And, and so, so I'm just going through them and it's like, you can be like me. And I was like, I don't have a desire to be like this person. Or I, I don't even know if I'm capable of being like that. Like anyway, so I'm, I'm going through all of these, the apps and programs and like all these perfect people. I'm just like, this is exhausting. I am exhausted by seeing this like, this picture of the thing that is put out there of to be content in your own body, here's the thing you have to have. And I was like, no. 
And so then I got on the computer and I began to pull up like, I, I began to pull up like videos, like the exercise videos. And it was the same thing. It's like the beach body type of thing. And I, that's not something I'm into, right? Like I'm an outdoors type of guy. I enjoy hiking and camping. I don't care about having a beach body. And so I was going through all these videos and, and it was all like this, like this, this desire to succeed and conquer and I just had a desire to be comfortable in my own skin and to cut out the eating. And so as I'm going through like video after video, I finally came to this video of this. It was probably done like like forever ago, like forever ago. And it was this, this guy who had big poofy hair and he was very like tiny and and he, and he has this high-pitched voice. Like, he was the antithesis of everything else that I saw, right? So everything else I'm seeing are, like, these huge people that are, like, incredible. And then you had him. He has big afro, and he's super skinny, and he had this high-pitched voice. And some of you are like, I know exactly what you're talking about because he's iconic. And I clicked it because I was so intrigued. And then I brought, brought my whole fam there. And I was like, hey guys, how about all of us do this video as, kind of as a fam? And they're like, okay, cool, let's do it. And so, so I turn on the TV, the video begins going, and there are all these people who are human. Like they have the average bodies. Some of them have bigger bodies. Some of them have tinier bodies. Some, they're in their 40s and 50s and 60s, and some are in their 20s. And this video begins, and it's like, there's these average people. Like, they're not perfect people. And this guy comes out, his afro, he's super skinny, his high-pitched voice, and he stares directly at you in the, the camera and says, you are beautiful, and I'm so glad you had the courage to show up today. And I thought, thank you. Like, I needed to hear that. And then the whole thing begins happening, okay? Like, the whole thing begins happening. And he begins to encourage all the other people. Like, like here are these, like, people that are trying their best to go at the pace that he's going. And he's like, you're amazing. You're sparkling. You're incredible. You have what it takes to get through this. We're going to do this together. And then he has these songs <laughs> that are cheesy, and they're choreographed, and he's dancing around singing these songs about how amazing they are just because they showed up. And the people beside him were glowing, and I was glowing, and, and both of my kids were glowing. And it was funny, and I was cracking up, and I thought about all of the apps and the, you know, perfect people who are, like, busting their butts to be amazing, and they just have this desire to hear, you sparkled today. <laughs> That's how he ended his half an hour thing. By, I was dying throughout the whole thing. Like I was dripping sweat and it was incredible. And then he brings down the pace and he stares at you in the camera and he says, you sparkled today. And I was like, yes, I did. 
and I got done, and I high-fived both my kids. We did it, and both of us, so, so all of us came to this place of feeling content. There's this, this feeling and this idea in chaos and fear and uncertainty that this drive for contentment seems to be unquenchable. It's the, this desire to feel in an okay space is like the thing that is so compelling, but the compelling like sense of itself causes it to be impossible. Our church is doing a sermon series on peace and this idea of, of how to experience peace it, it, here in this time of chaos. Because there is chaos right now. Like, it isn't like this, this like, uh, this very tangible physical chaos, but there's chaos up here. Like, like just this idea of like, <laughs> there is this pandemic happening. And then, th then you go on Facebook and you hear that there are these big hornets that are all of a sudden here and they're gonna kill everything. If that doesn't say chaos, I don't, you know, like, come on. And, and then you go beyond that. You go into this idea of, like, all of the things that, that in the past have brought us, like, this comfort and peace here in our souls. Uh, you know, like, for, for instance, like, for some people, just being around a whole group of people brings us peace. For some people, being in control of our bank accounts brings us peace. Uh, for some people, be being in control of everything that's going to happen day by day by day and into the unforeseen future brings us peace. And it seems that during this time, those things that have often brought us peace are pulled away. And it brings up this idea of should those things bring us peace, especially in the Christian context, especially in the church context. Should being around people bring us peace? I don't know. Should being in charge of our finances bring us peace? I don't know. Should being in charge of everything bring us peace? I don't know. You know, and so there's this idea that chaos hits, boom, and it pulls People are forced to be at home. The economy is like spiraling everywhere and everyone is an expert on the things that are happening that, n that people don't know the things that are actually true and things that aren't. That sounds like chaos to me. And I am not a fan of chaos. And I don't think God is a fan of chaos either. In fact, the entire Bible begins in this place of chaos. And God says, no, I'm going to create good things from this. And he begins to put things into the place, places that they belong. And so God is a God who takes chaos and turns it into order and beauty and goodness and trust and things bear fruit from it. Like God is the expert during chaotic times. This is how the whole Bible begins in our story now. So the invitation is simply God come into our chaos and create beautiful things. 
But the question becomes is how do I participate in that? How do the sons and daughters of God participate in the creation process of God? How do the sons and daughters of God accompany him as he puts his hands in chaos and says, I am going to create something extraordinary from this? The Apostle Paul, I believe his whole journey brings him to a point of peace. And so he has this passage that I'm going to talk about today um, that that I just think is, is, it kind of just, it's the heart of Paul during times of chaos, during times that things seem to be, 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 be like, like up in the air for everybody. And Paul says, hey, here's the truth of how things are. And furthermore, he even says, I think I found the secret to being content. And Paul calls it a secret. Paul talks in forms of secrets. Like it's something that not everybody understands. And so come here very close I'm going to tell you the secret of being content because it's a secret of being content that all of us are desiring to have during this time of uncertainty. So uh, go get your Bibles and turn them to the book of Philippians 4, verse 10 through 13. Um, The other thing that that's cool. I'm going to just go off and do a sidebar very quickly. Um, I'm here by myself, and I am here at church in the sanctuary, and I can picture picture each person out here because everyone sits in the same spot every single time, and I see you out here. And as I see you out here, I also see you in the context that you are today at home. Some of you are eating breakfast. Some of you are in your pajamas. Some of you haven't tied their hair or your your makeup yet. Some of you have been up since four o'clock and have, have done the exercise thing that you're doing. Everyone is coming to this place, to this sanctuary in a different place at a different time. And the thing that hits me at this point is typically every time that I get caught up on something, I say, help me out here. And it is one of my favorite things to hear someone from the congregation try to finish the sentence for me because it kind of says we are all family here and there's vulnerability here and so, so throughout this teaching in this time every time I get caught up the thing that that happens up here f- for me is I am so thankful for m- m- my family because I totally know that you all are at home trying to complete my sentences for me, but it doesn't help. <laughs> but, 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 but I'm like trying to harness that throughout this. So here it goes. So 
If you have your Bibles, please open them up and here the passage begins. This is the Apostle Paul. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your re- concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, f- uh, f- for I have learned to be content. Whatever the circumstances, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Help me out here. Whether well-fed or hungry, Whether living in plenty or in want, I can do this through him who gives me strength. Wowzers. Okay, so so this is the Apostle Paul. Here's the context that this passage is happening in. He is talking to the church in Philippi who has contacted him and said, Yo, I heard things are going poorly. You are in, I mean, you are in jail, you are in prison, possibly in a home, um, you can't get out, the government is like, I mean, like, like, how are you doing? Because from the outside, it seems that things are pretty terrible. And then Paul, who is sitting by himself, he gets the info, he, he hears from the church of Philippi and he's like, oh, they're concerned for me. Like he rejoices to hear that the church of Philippi is concerned for him that he has fallen upon hard times or so they think. And so he tells them, thank you for the concern that you have for me. I rejoice in it. I see that I see your heart for me, and in fact, it's probably the heart that you've always had, but you have not had the opportunity to show it. And here's this great opportunity, and you took it. And Paul is celebrating that. I think about, I mean, again, how things are today, and how the church, and people in the church, and how, how, how all of us have seen opportunities and jumped all over them to show the gospel, to show the heart of Christ, to show gratitude, to show compassion. Because this chaotic time has presented an opportunity that hasn't been there in the past. And Paul has seen that, and so am I. And I'm saying, man, church, I have seen the things that you've done. I have seen your heart for each other. I have seen the compassion. I have seen the gospel you preach. You are awesome. And I rejoice in that. And there has been opportunity in the past. Like sometimes, but now more than ever, you are rocking it. That's the thing that Paul is doing. Like, like, hey, I know on the outside, it seems kind of like things are, are 
pretty hard in here. And I see that there's been this opportunity to show grace and compassion and heartbeat and thank you. Thank you for seizing the opportunity. Then the passage continues on. Here it is. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. So, so Paul, he says, hey, this opportunity, I am here in this house, or I am here in this cell, or I am here. The truth of the situation simply is he is there by himself to contemplate all the things that he has to contemplate. And he says, hey, I know on the outside things seem pretty, pretty hard. I know on the outside it seems kind of like I'm in this bad spot. But to tell you the truth, things aren't that bad. I'm actually pretty content. So, so content, content simply is, is coming to a peaceful place of satisfaction, right? It's this, this peaceful feeling, and it is a feeling of going, hey, I'm okay, and I am satisfied, or I'm whole. I think like a bunch of us hunger to have that. The internal, hey, although everything seems horrible, I'm actually doing okay, you know? And I'm smiling, and I am fed, and I am like, and I can't explain it. It's this feeling. I think the average person is dying to come to that spot of contentment, this peaceful place of satisfaction. And Paul is sitting by himself in a home or a cell or somewhere, but he's in solitary type of things. And he's going, on the outside, things look really terrible. But I am doing pretty good. In fact, I, I found the secret and he's like, how, and it's like, how did Paul find this secret? Because Paul, as he talks about, like, he has been there, done that. Like, he, he has been in a place that he has experienced everything. He, he had been, the Apostle Paul had been a Pharisee. And being a Pharisee, it's not a bad thing. Like, I hate when people think it's a bad thing. Like, like these are people who are, who are born and bred and brought up to be powerhouses for God. And so, so like, they memorize the Bible word for word for word. Like, they know the Bible. They know the law. They're, their goal is to protect the people, protect the Torah, protect their city. Like, like they are awesome. And furthermore, like they are on the top of the food chain. Um, they, they hold p- politics in their hands. They hold spirituality in their hands. They hold Torah in their hands. Like, and they are, they've been there, done that. 
And so thinking about someone who is successful, taken care of, upper class, think of a Pharisee. And Paul had been a Pharisee, but he hadn't been content. There are so many people in the same spot. There's this drive for contentment, having all things, having achieved tons of things, and they get to the top and go, is this it? That's the place that Paul had been as a Pharisee. So Paul was born and bred and brought up to be a Pharisee, and he was really successful. Then he encountered Jesus. And everything was terrible after that. Like, like he encountered Jesus, and, and the, the average person would say, oh, the best thing that ever happened was the day I found Christ. That's awesome. But for Paul, it was like he encountered Jesus, and the first thing that happened is he goes blind. Is that a positive thing? I don't know. Like, but for Paul, part of me would be like, oh, dang it. You know, like, I encountered God himself, and he takes my eyes away. Then after that, like everything he thought to be true was untrue and up was down. And, and like, like he had to be reprogrammed ever, like all over again. And then the idea of persecution, like he was set before Jesus. And then he encountered Jesus and everything spirals into order. Because Paul was becoming who Paul was always meant to be. Right? And, and, so, and so, so, so Paul, from being a Pharisee, he had experienced fullness. He had experienced power and control. And then he encounters Jesus and he goes blind, but he always had been blind, but now he can actually see. And so, so then he begins to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ and saying, the only one who has power is him. The only one who has fullness is him. The only one who holds, holds Torah in their hands is him. The only one who can protect his people is him. And I'm going to follow him instead of trying to follow me. And so he begins this journey of preaching the gospel. And the apostle Paul, like, like what he does is he goes from city to city to city and he brings Jesus to people. And it's not just bringing Jesus to people, like he brings good news because people are dying for good news in the times of chaos. And, and like, can I explain things? Can I put things in order? Can I, I have Jesus right here and he and I are going to do this together and explain how this chaos of everything makes sense. Can I begin to tell you you're beautiful and you sparkled today. Like, like Paul is doing it. And so people will hear him. And then these groups of people begin to congregate and grow and they form churches. And Paul's going city to city to city to city. And he is poor and successful. And he's doing it. And then he begins to travel more. Then he becomes, he, then he gets on this boat to go across the sea. And He's shipwrecked. Like this dude is in a shipwreck. How cool would that be? How often can people say, I was preaching the gospel and have been in a shipwreck? But for Paul, it hadn't been cool. It was like it hijacked the whole trajectory that he was on. But he preached the gospel there too. And he was successful there too. Then began, then began this whole pattern of he began going to 
jail all the time. Like he spent half of his, his, his adult career in prison. Half the Bible was composed in prison. That's incredible. The Bible was composed in prison. The truth of the gospel was composed in a time of chaos. Like Paul was in solitary prison by himself, confined, and he's like, this is a great opportunity to tell the gospel and to preach the gospel and give me a pen. It seems that everything changed at the point when he encountered Jesus. He had all things. Then he encountered Jesus and everything spiraled into control. And Jesus began to separate the things that were good and things that were bad and said, Paul, here's your heart. The thing that I have seen about this whole thing is that it's kind of done the same thing for like the people I am close to. People are being shown their heart. They're being shown who they actually are. They're being shown the thing that has brought them satisfaction because it's been pulled from them. And people are starting to fall apart. They're starting to be very unhappy. They're starting to have to be honest about the things that they, they're, they have fears about. They're starting to be honest about how unhealthy things are. They're, they're, they're having to be honest because it is front and center and they can't escape it. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Anytime that your own heart is held in front and said, I think that, I think that, and I think that because it's so easy to s- satisfy our hearts by things out here. And during this time, it's been pulled away. And that's what happened to Paul throughout this whole process to the point where he had been on this pedestal in the temple and now he's in a cell by himself. And he says, I have found the secret. Here it is. He says, I have, help me out here, please. Tony, please just say it along with me. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all of this through him who gives me strength. See, that makes a really big difference. And having people makes a big difference. I miss you guys greatly. Um, So Paul says, I have the secret to being content. I have had all things. I have been fed. And I have had them all pulled from me. And I am hungry. And I found this secret. I have hit this peaceful satisfaction of feeling whole. And it sounds so simple, but it's so easy to forget. It's simply that Jesus is here. 
I have found that the secret of being content, the secret of being whole, the secret of peaceful satisfaction is the simple fact that Jesus is here. And finding pure satisfaction in the fact that hip to hip with the God who saw all chaos, all void and says, yes, this is what I do best in. And I can organize chaos and void and darkness and turn it into the best thing ever. To know that he is right here. That's pretty cool. To know that, 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 that like, you know, Paul's saying, I'm, it seems that on the outside I'm, I'm all by myself, but I'm not. In fact, Jesus is right here. And he was there with me on the shipwreck. And that was awesome. And then he was there when it all got pulled away. He was there the day I got blind, and I'll never forget that. And I'm starting to understand that the secret of being content, the secret of being whole, the secret of feeling peace is just to be quiet and say, Jesus is here. There's something that happens in that subtle understanding of Jesus is here. And he was there. And he's here. And he will be there. He's in front of me. He's beside me. He's behind me. I am wrapped in Jesus. Jesus is excited in the things that chaos creates because he can put his hands in there and create brilliant opportunity. The secret of being content is finding our satisfaction in Jesus. That sounds so cheesy. However, Paul's like, let's go beyond the cheesiness because this is actually really, really true. Because if you are someone who is having a really difficult time because the economy is falling apart, that says that the satisfaction that the that, that has been created in the past, the contentment that you have had in the past has been in something other than Jesus. That's just simple. If, if, if this whole time has brought up fears that you didn't even know that you had and anxiety is going crazy, why? Because your satisfaction was put in something other than Jesus. Think about it. Calmly, just think about it. Because the thing that hasn't been pulled from you at all, the thing that has not changed at all, and Paul understood this, the only thing that didn't change was the biggest thing that didn't change, and that was the presence of God right by his side. How can you be afraid if you actually believed God was right by your side? I don't know. I am coming from a place that I am human too. I am anxious. I'm afraid. I'm dying to be around people. I can't even talk by myself. 
but putting my identity and my satisfaction in Jesus and in the truth that the God of chaos and the organizer of the earth is right by my side and he is here right now gives me courage, gives me power, gives me confidence, and it brings me joy because joy is power in times just like this. And so I can get up here and crack jokes and smile and see you sitting out there right now. And I love you so much. So it brings us to this point that, that, that you have to ask, like, are there places that I like truly have put satisfaction in besides Jesus? This whole thing has brought your heart to a point that says, yeah, I think here, and I think this, and I think this. What are those things? How can you invite Jesus, like, now, and say, please sit here. Please be with me. Please tell me the truth. Create in me. Take this chaos and begin to create wholeness. Because this is what Jesus does. And this is what Jesus did alongside Paul. To the point that he could sit down and everyone is freaking out. And Paul's like, man, I am really good. Because Jesus is sitting right here. This is a huge part of the truth of the gospel is the presence of Jesus. I pray that his, his sons and his daughters and, and that the people of the church, if people ask us, how are you doing? Are you okay? I'm really concerned. But that our answer could be, man, I appreciate the concern you have for me. In fact, it makes me really happy. And this opportunity that has come up it's given you the opportunity to show your heart, but I'm actually doing pretty good because Jesus is sitting right here and I have found that he is everything I need. What could it be like to be able to give that answer and to be telling the truth? What could it be like to understand that God is here God is like really right here. What would it be like to really believe that Jesus was sitting right next to you saying, I got this? It would feel kind of like a big exhale. And it would feel like finding this place that you feel like everything's gonna be okay and not just okay, but creation is about to happen. And creation beyond just the simple expected things, but the creation of your heart and your person and beautiful things because God makes beautiful things out of chaos. Offer him your chaos, your anxiety, your fear, your uncertainty, the things that have brought you satisfaction in the past and say, this is yours. Because out of that, God makes things grow, 
bloom, thrive. He brings dead people back to life. This is what he does. Please join me in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are right here in our houses, by our beds, by our couches, up here in the sanctuary, sitting by Tony. God, we thank you that you are right here and that the songs that are sung, you are singing too. And the fears that are put out there, you see them too. And the hunger that has been felt, you have been hungry too. That you are right here. Lord Jesus, show us where you are. There are some of us here, some of us are at home, some of us are in the car, I don't know, who have played this game of chaos and, and played along and had a part of it. And, and you're exhausted because it seems like it's not going to change. It is obvious that you have not seen Jesus by your side this whole time. Is it time <laughs> to invite Jesus into the place he's been? Lord Jesus, show yourself to us. Show us that you are here and that you have not been anywhere different. Show us that you have seen us, our fears, our anxieties, our bad attitudes, <laughs> our fights at home. You've seen it and you love us. Jesus, bring us peace. Show us the secret of being content. For those of us who are driving forward, teach us to sit down and see your face. God, take our face in your hands and give us like, and push our cheeks together and say, it's going to be okay. I've got this. God, show us a heart of joy that you have for us. Show us the posture you hold. We want to see you, know you, feel you, and be completely 100% content in you. Show us what that's like. We need you more than anything. Lord, thank you for this time. I pray that you bless it. Bless our hearts as they're being offered to you in song. In Christ we pray and in Christ we proclaim. Amen.
tears that wash over you now.
Take us beyond us just watching a video. 
Take us beyond all those things, God. We want to press into your heart, Father, and I thank you. I thank you that you are here. I thank you that you are near. So, Holy Father, draw everyone into your heart right now in this moment. Thank you for your presence, God. Thank you for your presence, God. You change everything. You change everything, God. Let's sing this. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you. Lord. 
It is so good to be here together in this time. Especially, it's, it's so good when the Lord comes and he moves and he's here and he changes. He changes everything. And so church, whatever season that you're in, whatever place that you're in, I feel that the Lord is calling some to make a move, to press into what he's leading you in. And I pray, I pray for discernment for you. I pray for wisdom for you. So yeah, I just leave that there. But we did something last week. Um, I, one of the greatest things for me is being a part of this worship culture. Um, and I love that we end our gatherings with a blessing. And last week we ended it by singing it over you. And I just want um, to do that again, just sing over the blessing. So if you're comfortable where you are, just open your heart, whatever posture you wanna receive. And I just wanna sing this blessing over you again. Oh 